0: It is game day eve for the BYU football program there in Tampa, Florida, getting ready to take on USF at Raymond James Stadium. We'll give you our keys to the game, my keys to the game, as we get ready for that matchup. We'll also talk about the latest when it comes to BYU sports. With the weekend ahead, the BYU men's basketball program is putting Utah State basketball on ice, similar to the football program. we got a lot to cover on today's edition of the show. What is up, my friends? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Just a reminder that today's show, our title sponsors, are friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online has got you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you for making us here on Locked On Cougars. Your first listen of the day, always appreciate you guys taking the time to check out the show. We are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where of course the motto is your team every day, and as such, we are your only. Daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Uh, by way of introduction, for some of you who may be checking checking us out for the very first time, my name's Jake. I work for the KSL Sports Zone in Salt Lake City, Utah. as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. Uh, Let's see if I can show this on YouTube. There you go. Uh, you can see I'm wearing a Utah Jazz shirt today. I'm actually recording this on Thursday. Some crazy news earlier on in the day with Donovan Mitchell getting traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers. So. Never a dull moment in sports media, but thank you all the same for joining us to talk all things BYU. Uh, BYU is in Tampa, Florida. They flew in uh, yesterday afternoon. Uh, the way I understand it, they were having a walkthrough in the Tampa area yesterday evening to get themselves acclimated to the humidity and the weather and everything uh, going on down there. Uh, by way, just a quick check, and I'm, like I said, I'm recording this on Thursday night, so obviously the forecast can change, but as of current, the high for Tampa on game day is expected to be 90 90- 94 degrees, a 30% chance of rain, so actually a better chance of no rain in the forecast than I had anticipated all week long. It seemed like it was almost a foregone conclusion that it was going to be a game played in the rain. There is a slight chance of thunderstorms moving through the Tampa area in the afternoon, which is obviously something you got to be wary of uh, with regards to lightning delays and that type of stuff, but it sure looks like uh, BYU might actually have some decent weather with regards to just avoiding rain. Obviously 94 degrees with a humidity, a relative humidity of, six, of 67 Seven percent is not all that ideal. The funny thing about this is overnight the humidity is supposed to rise to eighty-one percent. So I'd assume that humidity factor may be rising throughout the game as BYU uh, kicks off at four o'clock uh, Mountain Time. Excuse me, four o'clock Eastern Time, two o'clock Mountain Time, and that's going to be an interesting dynamic. The BYU can they endure that heat and humidity and get through this game? They obviously have been working on this. If you watched yesterday's show with Clark Barrington, he said it's been a week's long effort getting guys ahead of the hydration game. Uh, pickle juice shots, Pedialyte packets, all that stuff. Making sure that they're as hydrated as possibly uh, they can possibly be going into this game because it's a critical, critical element. BYU's got to be able to stay on the field and keep their guys playing from uh, the entire game. That's the thing about this. You can't have guys cramping up. You can't have guys lost due to cramps, that type of stuff. You've got to avoid that at all costs. Inevitably, that's going to be a factor in this contest. BYU plays at elevation. They, they, there's been a, we've been very hot. It's been very hot, 100 degree days, uh, what, almost 30 days out of this summer. It's been very, very warm here in Utah, but we do do not have the humidity factor, which ups the ante with regards to the weather. So I guess, uh, if you want some of my keys to the game, number one key, make sure that you're ready for this as best you possibly can be. Make sure you're hydrated, make sure you're stretched out as well as you can be if you're a player for the BYU football program and the Coaches, they've got to make sure they put BYU in spots where they are in the best position possible just to keep their guys as healthy as possible. There's obviously a crapshoot with all of that because on any given play, there's so many moving parts to that that you can't obviously uh, guarantee that everybody's going to be okay, but... I look at this game as one that BYU needs to avoid a critical injury or two if at all possible. Like I said, it's a crapshoot in so many different ways and I'm, I'm knocking on wood over here on my desk because you would never want to see guys lost due to injury. Now, going into this matchup, uh, the personnel that I was tracking uh, throughout training camp with regards to this game uh, were the two receivers in Pukunakua and Gunnar Romney. Uh, last I heard on this, and as, as I said, I'm recording this on Thursday night, I am expecting that Pukunakua will play in this game. I am not expecting Gunnar Romney to play. I'd be happy to be wrong on Gunner, and I'd love to have both of them playing in this game, but the intel I have received is I expect Puka Nakua will be on the field for BYU in this matchup while Gunnar Romney is likely to sit out. Uh, I'm also expecting uh, Jake Oldroyd, who dealt with some back issues during training camp, to be available uh, kicking. It sounds like he's had a really good week of practice leading up to this. Uh, he had sat out some of the practices earlier on in training camp with some of the back issues he's dealt with in previous uh, uh, years of his BYU career. He's expected to to be okay, I'm actually expecting BYU to be very, very healthy, all things considered, in this game. It really feels like Gunnar Romney and Chaz Ayu are really the only big losses. Uh, one thing also, Atunaisa mahe uh, I mentioned this a couple of times on the podcast, uh, Eliza Tuyaki mentioned on photo day that he underwent off-season shoulder surgery and was uh, going to be cleared at some point to, re- to resume practicing, but uh, I wasn't expecting him to play in this game. I do not expect him to play in this game, but I can confirm, I've talked to enough people, he is back practicing for BYU YU, albeit he's not at full go quite yet. So the fact that he's at practice means that I would assume that he's back in the lineup at some point in the relatively not-too-distant future, but I do not expect him to play in this USF game. So, the guys I am if you want my uh, injury report the three guys I'm expecting to not play in this game Gunnar Romney Chaz Ayu and Atunai Samahe there are inevitably going to be changes to that because like I said I, I, I'm, I'm dealing with people who are feeding me information and it's not always completely accurate because things change by the way I was told Gunnar Romney last year both times he injured his knee was going to miss multiple weeks and guess what he came back I think the very next week on the first one and maybe missed a game after the second one he, the dude battled back. If Gunnar Romney is able to get cleared, he will be on that football field. There, I This is not a guy who I would be like, he's going to sit out. He, that's not Gunnar Romney's style. If he is able to play, he'll be out there. So uh, that's one thing. I guess the injury report for you guys. Now a couple other keys to the game I feel like for BYU in this matchup. Uh, number one, take care of the football. It's a weird, weird week. Week one is, has a ton of upsets I feel like relative to the rest of the season in college football. Whether it's FCS over FBS upsets and games like this, where BYU, according to our friends at Bet Online, BYU is a 12 point favorite. They're a heavy favorite in this game, uh, according to the bettors, but the, the biggest thing is there's weird things that happen in this. You've got to take care of the football. The rain factor in this game, I was concerned about because that can really level the playing field for a program at a disadvantage like USF. I've mentioned that a couple of times this week in the lead up to this game. With uh, 30% chance of rain means it's probably more likely to be more of a dry contest and that actually, I think, plays to BYU's advantage where they can take care of the football. But you've got to cover up the football. You can't have it stripped out if you're the running backs. You can't have it tip off your hands or if you're a wide receiver. Jaron Hall, he can't have a misfire or throw behind guys, have it tipped up, that type of stuff. You've got to avoid the turnovers in this game. If you avoid the turnovers, if BYU comes out of this game plus in the turnover margin, I think they win the game comfortably. And Plus means they have more uh, takeaways than turnovers. If they're even or plus, I really like their chances in this game. Another thing uh, it comes courtesy of our friend Jeff Hansen over at 24-7 Sports, uh, Cougar Sports Inside, as well as the Give Them Hell Brigham podcast. By the way, both fantastic resources. If you're a BYU fan, they're not paying me to say that. Uh, they're just good friends of mine. Uh, Jeff and Garrett over there do great work. Uh, he put this out on August 31st at Baylor Gary Bohannon, who's going to be USF's starting quarterback, uh, and obviously beat BYU as the starting quarterback for Baylor a year ago, torch teams who blitzed him. He completed 63% of his passes at 8.5 yards per attempt when he was blitzed. When he was under pressure without a blitz, meeting a three or a four-man front, essentially the defensive line getting after him, he completed just 39.1% of his passes for five yards per attempt. That is a stark contrast. Uh, So this is a guy who can beat you with the blitz. Uh, As Jeff Hansen says, this dude can pick a bar to blitz, and thanks to Jeff Uh, For that tidbit That's crazy Those numbers BYU's got to get pressure on Gary Bohannon with their defensive line. This is where a guy like uh, Jan Jorgensen coming back to BYU as a defensive analyst, working especially with the pass rush, guys like Tyler Batty, etc. This is where they're going to make their hay. If, if his work with this defensive line, the defensive ends in particular, is to pay off, this would be a perfect game to do that because of that stat right there. If you can get pressure on Gary Bohannon, be able to drop seven or eight guys into coverage while also still getting pressure with the, the rush, the three or 4 band rush that you're going to throw at him, I feel like that's a win for BYU's defense. And that's a win no matter what, obviously. But those numbers, you have to blitz him. He'll pick you apart. And if you can just get pressure with your four or three man front, and then uh, obviously he's throwing into more coverage, uh, that, that man, I think it's a key, a big, big, big key I didn't even consider until I saw that stat from Jeff. It's crazy to think about, but sure looks that way. So, I'm feeling fairly confident in BYU's chances in this game, just being honest. I think that BYU is ready to roll. I think that this offense plays up to its capability, that's the other thing about this. BYU can't get a big head and think, you know what, we're going to walk in here, we're going to roll with a victory, and then get out and uh, roll back home and get ready for Baylor. BYU's history in the state of Florida has not been good. They got their first win ever in the Sunshine State just two years ago in the 2020 season in that Boca Raton Bowl when Zach Wilson went absolutely nuts on, USF, on UCF. In his final game in a BYU uniform, you'd like to make it two zero, oh, but BYU they've got to understand this is a business trip. USF has revamped their roster. We're going to catch up with Will Turner from uh, Bulls twenty four seven. He covers the USF program day in and out. That's going to be a special edition, like a game day primer edition with him. We'll get that out to you as soon as we're able to knock that out. And just very interesting to hear uh, him. T- uh, we're g- it's going to be interesting to hear him talk about the revamped lineup that USF, USF has with the transfers incoming. They'd like nothing more than to get the third year of the Jeff Scott era off to a good start with an upset over a ranked BYU team that's number 25, the first time BYU's got a preseason ranking since 2009. It's crazy to think about. It's been over a decade, but that's what it's been. It's been 13 years since BYU has had a preseason ranking, so... Looking forward to this matchup, but I'm feeling pretty confident BYU's chances if they go in and just focus on the task at hand. No looking ahead. There's no letdown look ahead, according to what uh, the guys over at the Solid Verbal podcast mentioned, to Baylor next week. you got to focus on the here and now. Go 1-0 and then worry about the Bears next week. That that That's a completely separate story, and obviously we'll get you ready all next week for that matchup. But right now, focus on USF. So yes, even or positive in the turnover margin. Get pressure on Gary Bohannon with the pass rush. And then the third thing I feel like, BYU's offense has got to play up to its capability. I think even without Gunnar Romney, it's capable of doing that. This offensive line is as good as it's cracked up to be. This is a revamped USF defense, especially along the f- defensive line. This U- U- B- this BYU offensive line should have a field day on paper with this USF defensive line. Open the holes, give Jaron Hall the protection he needs, and win the football game. Those are my keys to the game. I'll give you my prediction here in just a little bit. Coming up next, though, we need to talk a little bit about what's going on with the volleyball situation at BYU. A number of you have reached out this week saying, "Jake, are you gonna are you gonna recant on your your hot take Monday on with regards to the racism issue at BYU?" We'll talk about that. I'll try and explain my position as best I possibly can. We'll get to all of that here in just a moment. First, though, a word on our friends over at NHTSA. They have been a new sponsor here on Locked On Cougars and the Locked On Podcast Network. And the question is, are you one of those people who thinks it's okay to drive stone? What's the worst that can happen in your mind, probably? You end up driving below the speed limit? It's not a big deal, Right. Wrong, my friends. The truth is your reaction times slow way down when you're high. You not only put yourself in danger, but everybody around you. Talk about a buzzkill. Stop kidding yourself. It's not okay to drive high. If you've been using marijuana in any form, do not get behind the wheel. If you feel different, you drive different. Drive high. Get a DUI. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen to the day. Always appreciate you guys taking the time to check out the show. It's so much fun to sit down and talk BYU sports with you guys on a daily basis. Now... Let's acknowledge uh, some of you have reached out and said, "Jake, what have you? What do you make of the new information that's come to light with regards to the BYU volleyball situation that developed last weekend?" Obviously, as most of you know, BYU's been in the headlines across the nation this week with regards to the alleged racist uh, uh, comments or the, the the epithets, the the uh the i don't know how to describe it accurately but just the racial episode that played out during the duke volleyball game the alleged racial uh, i guess i should say the alleged racial epithets that were thrown at rachel richardson now a number of you've reached out and said that there's been no evidence uh, that corroborates what she claims happened obviously the the godmother uh, of rachel richardson uh, the she's running for a, a I guess as a court job, a a judge, she's she's running to be a judge in Texas. She's the one that kind of lifted the lid on all of this. And there has been a lot out there with regards to people saying, well, BYU's got a racist background. This is no surprise. And there's also people out there. Well, there's no evidence to corroborate the claims that Rachel Richardson has made. Let me be very clear about this. Do I regret what I said about racism on Monday? No, I will not recant on any of that because racism has no place at BYU or anywhere else in our our society. Let let me get that out of the way right up front. I had a great chat with good friend Harper Anderson on his podcast on Thursday, talking on Latter-day Takes about this situation. And we had a really, really good back and forth with regards to, okay, the initial reaction for, for this, BYU putting out the statements they did, I feel like put BYU in a corner. They essentially, I know they didn't necessarily say that this absolutely happened, but their statement In the moment, over the weekend, the multiple statements put out by BYU Athletics and Athletic Director Tom Homo painted the Cougars into a corner. Now, if BYU wants to go and defend themselves, they can do that. Great, go right on ahead. But... I have no reason to think that Rachel Richardson. Oh, I don't. No reason to think. I have no reason to doubt what Rachel Richardson had to say. Do I think she may have heard something and thought it was a racial epithet that was thrown at her? And in, in like, maybe so. She may have thought she heard something, and that may have been wholly inaccurate. What she actually heard. There were fifty five hundred people in the Smith Fieldhouse. It was a record crowd, if I'm not mistaken, for a BYU women's volleyball match. So. There's so much noise in there. It's crazy. The BYU has now revamped how the rock is going to be configured there in the Smithfield house. They've taken them off the court down there on the is that the that's the south end of the court if I'm not mistaken. And they're going to redistribute how that lays out. Uh, I'm just going to advocate for my friends in the media that cover that. I think that should be the new media staging area for BYU Volleyball. Obviously, with volleyballs flying around, that would cause issues with regards to laptops potentially getting hit or uh, media members not paying attention getting hit in the head. But, hey, I think the media members would take that. Uh, Shout out to Sean Walker and guys like Darnell Dixon, who do a great job covering this. But uh, the, the point at hand is that, Rachel Richardson felt unsafe in the moment that 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 is that much is clear because she has been on multiple programs. I spoke with uh, Holly Rowe from ESPN. Uh, this has been all over the entire country. So, do I regret what I said on Monday? And a number of you have asked, "Well, are you gonna are you gonna take back what you had to say?" No, I'm not gonna take back what I had to say because in the in the moment that the information I had at hand, BYU essentially admitted and was judge, jury, and executioner on itself that what happened happened. There has been information that has been revealed and has come out later throughout the week that has made me kind of reconsider the whole uh, situation at hand. So. I don't regret what I said in the moment, but at the same time, there are a lot of things that have come out in the time since that have me questioning exactly what happened in this whole episode. So Hopefully, you guys can understand the position I was in. I'm not trying to become some social justice warrior. That is not my intention with this podcast. I think I've got a track record of trying to stay out of stuff like that. But when BYU is in the national media, and I feel like uh, Tom Homo and the BYU athletic department made a conscious decision to try to get try and get out ahead of this and try and head it off as best they possibly could with the statements they have made. They uh they just absolutely took care of Duke to every level. They they possibly could. Rachel Richardson made sure that they were as comfortable as possibly could be due to the uh, incident that they felt like they were under. The fan that got banned from BYU Athletics, do I think he gets invited back to BYU at some point? I would imagine so, and especially if uh, there is corroborating evidence that, according to the BYU police officers that were standing there in front of the student section saying there was no racist comments, this guy, there's no chance that was him because he was paying attention to his phone. Uh, I guess according to the police report in the Deseret News, he may be on the autism spectrum or have Asperger's uh, syndrome, so I don't know. I guess I was in a no-win situation in my own right and the way I spoke out on it, but I do not regret speaking out on racism. It has no place in our society. I, I will reiterate that until kingdom come, but as the week has progressed, more information has come to light, and that has me reconsidering exactly what ultimately happened in this episode. Do we have the final say on this? Will we ever have the final say on what ultimately happened? I don't know that we will. I, I'm I'm actually betting that we probably never will get full closure on this. The other thing about this is, no matter what comes out in the in the long run with this, whether it is proven that BYU uh, had uh, had something happen, or if Rachel Richardson heard uh, things incorrectly, it was it was uh, maybe it was the uh, people, how there are all kinds of conspiracy theories. Even if it's right or wrong, the damage is done, folks. There's no putting that toothpaste back in that tube. So. I, I, I honestly don't know what y'all want me to say. Some of you have really come down hard sending me emails, uh, messaging me, et cetera. And I, I, trust me, I take no offense to it. You guys have your opinions on this. I, I appreciate the feedback, honestly. I, I really do appreciate you guys reaching out. But in the moment when I took to the camera and to this podcast record at that time, Sunday evening when I sat down, you have to consider what evidence was available at hand at that point, and that influenced the way I spoke out on it. I will never, never take back speaking out on racism. We can all be better in so many aspects in our lives. And if this can happen, Help uh, us all be better with regards to rooting out racism from our community and from the BYU. Uh, I, I don't know, however you want to term it. If, if it can just, if it can help make a positive impact in the world, maybe it counted for something. But it's a, it feels like it's no win situation. Let me be very clear about that. I have questions with regards to what the ultimate incident, how it all played out. I, I truly do. But hopefully you can understand the situation i found myself in and understand that i am acknowledging that the information that has come to light since i first spoke out on this yeah there there there's there's a there's been a change in how i uh, consider ultimately everything played out in this scenario but it, it's a no win situation for anybody that that's the thing about this it is a no win situation for BYU for duke for rachel richardson for yours truly for, for i just I sincerely hope my overall thing is it makes a positive impact and we can continue to root out some of the ills in our society and especially when it comes to racism. So, Pardon the the kind of rambling rant there, but that's kind of where I stand on it, and hopefully you guys can understand that. Alright, we'll wrap up the show here coming up in just a moment. I need to get my picks of the week, uh, obviously in college football, beyond uh, just BYU. I'll we'll give you my score prediction for BYU USF, and we also need to get to some other notes with regards to other BYU teams in action this weekend, including that BYU volleyball team that's hosting another Invitational this weekend. We'll get to all of that in just a moment. First, though, a word on our friends over at Intercap Lending. There's a reason that no lender helps more families in Utah with their mortgage needs than Intercap Lending. The reason? Intercap gets deals done. They feature a quick and simple process to closing loans two weeks faster than the industry average. And although fast is great, the ultimate goal is to create a stress free home loan process for you, the consumer. Steve Carter is our personal loan officer over at Intercap Lending, helping all locked on listeners. He has helped hundreds of locked on listeners going back to 2018. He'd love nothing more than to help you guys out as well. If you'd like to reach out to him, his direct line 385 800 8528. That is 385 800 8528. You will not find a more responsive loan officer. I can promise you that. If you'd like to email him, it's Carter at intercaplending.com. And by the way, when you mentioned Jake Catch and the Locked On Cougars podcast sent you to check them out, you get a corporate rate discount courtesy of our friends over at Intercap Lending. So give Intercap Lending your business. They are headquartered in Utah, but capable of servicing anybody up and down uh, the, uh, the Wasatch Front, but also beyond that, 40 states nationwide as well. They'd love to help you guys out. Go to intercaplending.com to learn more. That's Intercap. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. Intercap Lending is an equal housing lender want to encourage you guys to make sure you make a a, a time to check out the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Josh Neighbors has got you covered top to bottom when it comes to the Big 12 conference, making sure you guys are up to date on everything going on in BYU's new conference home. Get that free and available wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube, just like this show. All right, before we go on today's show, let's run down the weekend schedule for BYU sports. You're going to have BYU volleyball and the BYU Nike Invitational. They open up play uh, with uh, Utah State. Uh, That's actually Thursday night. They'll be playing that. They'll also be playing Cincinnati on Friday, and then uh, obviously BYU football in action at USF. Women's volleyball will also take on number ten Pitt at the Smithfield House. That'll be the kind of the nightcap of everything for this uh, BYU Nike Invitational. That is Saturday at seven o'clock at the Smithfield House. That's on BYU TV, as are the other two matches against Utah State and Cincinnati. Uh, looking forward to that, by the way. It's a new, like I said, a new configuration with regards to where fans are sitting in the Smithfield House. But if you want to get out there and support BYU, please do so or watch it on BYU TV. As I mentioned, BYU football in action, two o'clock Mountain Time on ESPNU. Here is my score prediction for this game. I think BYU is going to cover the points. It's a 12-point spread right now, according to our friends over at Online, are one of our chief sponsors here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I think BYU covers that spread. My prediction for this game, I've got BYU winning it 31, and I've got USF sitting at 17, a 14-point win for BYU. I think the Cougars handled their business, get to 1-0. and 0 and obviously hopefully climb up in the national polls ahead of a top 25 showdown at home in their home opener a week from tomorrow when they take on the Baylor Bears. I'm very much looking forward to that and we'll obviously uh, be getting you ready all week long. I'm going to do a a postcast edition of the show tomorrow evening after this game goes final. I'll also be hosting pre and post game coverage for the KSL Sports Zone if you want to tune into that on the radio. 97.5 FM, 1280 AM here along the Wasatch Front. Uh, Me and Alex Kier will have you uh, covered. We're actually doing a two-hour pregame show beginning at noon on The Zone. Uh, so tune in. We'd love nothing more than you guys to support the show. Now, our final thing before we go today. Uh, last week I did a, a six-game, uh, I just I called my picks of the week uh, for uh, for college football in week zero. I went four and two. I had Nebraska over Northwestern. Eh, wrong. USU over Yukon. Got that one right. Illinois over Wyoming. Yes, that was a blowout for the Illini. I had UTEP beating North Texas. Eh. I had New Mexico State over Nevada. Eh upset uh, that upset didn't get, come to fruition Vanderbilt over Hawaii Got that one right. Actually, I was three and three. So I, I hit 500 last week. And what it is, I'm not going against the spread or anything like this. This is what they call the money line. I'm just picking winners. Uh, that's what I do with these picks. I'm not trying to give you gambling advice. It's not my. That's not my. That's not my specialty. Let's be very clear about that. But so we're three and three on the season so far. Let's give you my picks for this week. Let's start off with the number seven ranked Utah Utes at Florida. I think Utah wins this game. I think it's gonna be a little closer than most people think. Uh, the spread has got Utah. I think as a two and a half point or a three point favorite, depending on where you look. I think Florida uh, Florida's going to make them sweat, and obviously it's going to be sweaty in the swamp uh, for Utah. But I think the Utes do win it. I think they get to one and zero. Obviously, the hype uh, train for the college football playoff, et cetera, will continue to pick up steam if they do that. But I think Utah wins a narrow one there. Now, uh, next up we have NC. Uh, no, excuse me, uh, Oregon at Georgia. Number eleven, Oregon uh, facing off against Georgia. It's a Neutral site game. I'm using air quotes here at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, Georgia, just down the road from Athens where Georgia is located. I think Oregon goes into this game with nothing to lose. Dan Lanning, their new head coach, he's got his guys probably believing that they can go in and spring the upset. I still think Georgia gets the get, gets the win there, though, in uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. I'm looking forward to that one. I'll be watching that. Cincinnati at Arkansas. I think this is an underrated game this week. It's a top 25 showdown. The Bearcats uh, fresh off their college football playoff appearance. They are 23rd in the country. Arkansas, a future BYU opponent, is number 19. I am actually thinking that this is going to be a very, very tight game. Arkansas is nearly a touchdown favorite on their home field. I think that they get the win. I really like Arkansas. I think that Cincinnati's got just too many pieces. They're reloading here. Uh, maybe if this game was two or three weeks down the line, I could see C- Cincinnati springing the upset. But in the first game of the year... Give me the Razorbacks. Uh, another underrated game this week, Number 24 Houston, a future conference made of BYU's in the Big 12, is headed to UTSA in San Antonio. Uh, Houston is absolutely loaded this year, but UTSA is very good in their own right. I'm actually going to pick the Roadrunners in an upset here. That's my upset special this week. I think UTSA springs the upset in the Alamo Dome. Uh, Houston is currently a four-point road favorite, but I think UTSA just wins that game. I'm looking forward to that one. And then the final two games I've got for you guys, I think that's uh, the six I've got. Yeah, uh, Notre Dame, Ohio State. That's the big game this week. Number five, Notre Dame. BYU will face them in October down there in Las Vegas. They're at number two, Ohio State. I think Ohio State is going to boat race Notre Dame. Uh, Ohio State's a 17-point favorite. Think about this. This is the number five team in the country going to number two. And they're a 17-point underdog. They think Ohio State's going to blow the doors off Notre Dame. I do too. I think Ohio State wins this one big, and I don't think it's – going to be close. Uh, no offense to Notre Dame and obviously BYU if you want to get a big upset you'd like to have them uh, spring the upset on Ohio State but that's why you play the football games. We'll see where it all shakes out but I just man I have a hard time believing that uh, that Ohio State can be a 17 point favorite in a top 5 showdown but that just kind of shows you what's going on and then uh, one final game I'm going to pick here. Florida State at LSU uh, against LSU in New Orleans it's a neutral site game once again but it's in New Orleans just down the road from Baton Rouge for LSU Uh, Florida State is 1-0 after beating Duquesne last week I think LSU still gets the win though I think Brian Kelly is victorious in his uh, first game as the head coach of the Tigers so there you go there are my picks I want your guys' predictions for the game as well send those two locked on Cougars on Facebook Instagram or Twitter send them to me Jacob C. Hatch is the handle or email me Locked on BYU at gmail.com is the email address. Would love to hear you guys' predictions for the weekend ahead. Looking forward to this game. As I said, we'll have a special edition of the podcast with Will Turner from 24-7 Sports getting you ready for that matchup. Keep your eyes peeled for that. It'll be dropping at some point on Friday afternoon, I'm thinking, once we get that knocked out. So a big thank you once again for your support of the podcast. As always, have a great rest of your day. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen, and we'll talk to you guys soon.